look what I found. I'd say one of the uh, the original contributors of the Big Sky Breakdown, and uh, we miss him dearly around here and at ESPN Radio. Ryan Tutel joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, first of all, Gus, you've been on the ESPN show a fair amount of times since uh, since you decided to retire at the ripe old age of 39, uh, but uh, you haven't been on the Big Sky Breakdown, so just give us the 30-second update. Where are you in the world? What's going on? What have you been doing? Well, you know, if you choose to not spend a lot of money on your actual house, <laughs> and you can find some pretty prime real estate to put a camper, as it turns out. So um, I am currently living uh, on the west shore of the Flathead Lake. Uh, I won't lie to people. It is uh, like the family place. This goes back some number of generations. So we're fortunate in that respect. But yeah, the camper sitting up here. We um, we traveled. We did basically two full circles around the United States of America with a trip of about three months to South Africa nestled in between. And so we have, uh, we've covered a lot of ground in these last 20 months or so. Uh, but to come back to Montana, uh, this time was a, a true treat. And my sister who lives in South Africa, which is who we went to kind of visit, uh, and her, she's got, I mean, she's got kids. You can't see the end of the line when it's dinner. Like that's how many children there are just shooting out the side door waiting for slop to land on their plate. But, uh, they are all coming for an extended kind of holiday visit. When you travel around the earth, Coulter, you got to make it we're like two weeks to going to get it done you just got jet lag (laughs) to get back on the plane to go back you know so anyway they're coming for almost two months so we have kind of hit the pause button here and uh, are waiting for them they get here just about two weeks or so and we're going to spend time with the cousins and the siblings and all that kind of stuff so it's going to be a real fun family big family holiday this time around and when that is done I am still in the process of assessing along with my wife what exactly it is we're going to do. So we're we're trying to figure it out. But in the meantime, let me be on the Big Sky Breakdown. Let's go. You know I mean? Tech Grizz Week, you kidding me? So I'm so pumped up and thrilled to be back and obviously uh, to be on with you as, uh, as much as I can get. I want it. Well, uh, my uh, the radio show that we used to share... Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. You are likely listening to this on a Friday. Uh, but I have the great pleasure of having Reese Davis, one of the hosts of College Game Day, coming on today. And uh, stoked to have him. And uh, all I keep thinking about is the Saturday Night Live bit with Chris Farley and Paul McCartney. When Chris Farley's like, you're Paul McCartney. You remember when you're in the Beatles? <laughs> And I can't stop thinking about, like, man, what am I going to ask him? Like, hey, you're Reese Davis. You're on College Game Day. Isn't that cool? What the hell am I supposed to ask Reese Davis besides how he gets his hair all nice? Well, that's, yeah, you can start there for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's such an interesting question because, so Scott Van Pelt said some time ago that he thinks that College Game Day is, no question, the best and the best show that ESPN has, period. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue the fact. One thing, you know, Coulter, you and I have sat out there on a lot of Saturdays doing our version of College Game Day, you know, on the tailgate thing. Um, 
not to sit here and like you know talk about how tough life is but it is the hardest thing to do it's harder than play-by-play it's harder than studio radio to sit out there in the public people walking by saying things wanting stuff from you whether it's a hat or a koozie or you know you know all the signatures that we sign for people uh (laughs) when they you know go by and 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 what but to be out in the it, not in public, but in the party, so to speak, and carry a show uh, through that is just so well executed and has so many, you know, moving parts and, and things that are going on and a whole bunch of variables. Like, that's the thing is, like, controlled environments in a thing like a studio, I mean, we've still seen stuff kind of go weird, but you never know what's going to happen, sure. you know? And so what sign's going to pop up that you got to try and not have in the camera shot or what person's going to do this or, you know, Mike's, you know, it's just crazy. And so to get back to your question, I mean, I think Reese is absolutely on the top of the mountain in terms of his ability to navigate that. Yeah. And you know what I think, what I admire about Reese Davis is, you know, a lot of hosts on some of these multi-person shows, pre- and post-game shows, you know what I'm talking about. They do a great job of sort of facilitating the conversation, but they don't necessarily contribute themselves all that much. And I think Reese Davis brings as much both football but also atmosphere and excitement yeah. to college game day as anybody on that set, save for maybe McAfee, your boy. Uh, so anyway, I, I I think he's I think he's phenomenal. But I mean, I think the question you know, a lot of question is you know, college game day, man. Like, what makes it so special? Because I think people kind of get that it is special, but I think it's sometimes hard to put your thumb on what that is. And then you know, you can obviously talk about the dynamics of going to a place like Montana, Bozeman, Montana, for stuff. I mean, they've been to Fargo, they've been to Brookings, but to do this in and spotlight, you know, these more rural places, this, you know, quote-unquote smaller football, even though it's huge football for us this week especially, um, and what, you know, what that sort of feels like almost as a give-back to the game, you know what I mean, to uh, uh, to generate that sort of spotlight is, is impressive. And, you know, to have... To have a national show live for three hours from your from Montana anywhere is, I think, unprecedented. I mean, for sure. So, I mean, that that is, it's a it's a very cool thing that's happening. I'm certainly excited that they're going to be there. I am going to be there uh, and and uh, look forward to it greatly. And I wish you the best on your line of questioning with, uh, with <laughs> Mr. Davis. Well, gotta love it. There's a lot of things that make Montana great. From the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Speaking of this football game, there's a video that's circulating around Twitter now, and I think it's a brilliant version of trolling by the Montana Grizzlies. They uh, this morning they weighed the uh, Great Divide Trophy, the uh, the Brawl of the Wild Trophy. They put it on the mm. scale, but it's great trolling because they're just reminding everybody that they have it <laughs> and that they can yes. carry it around their place and their weight room and all that. <laughs> but I also was struck by the fact that the Brawl of the Wild Trophy weighs. 307 pounds which really which is in fact heavier than any of montana state's starting offensive linemen 
which then gets to the point, which then gets to the point that Montana State has completely defied what conventional wisdom and sort of the uh, the prototypes that f- football coaches have become obsessed with. You have worked with me for a long time now, Ryan, and and you know that I've always said, find me the mean athletic dude who can like get out on the perimeter and run. You don't need the 6'5", 300-pound guy because if the guy's 6'5", 300 coming to the FCS, he's probably not that athletic. Give me the athletic guys. Well, what has Montana State done this year to rebuild this offensive line? They got a bunch of 6'3", 280 guys. But guess what? They're running the ball for 315 yards a game. They're the best rushing offense that's not a triple option offense in all of college football. So, uh, And I think that's probably the key matchup in this football game is Montana State and their relentless run game against the Grizz defense, which is the best in the conference uh, at stopping the run. But I, I just think it's been impressive to watch the Cats rebuild this thing because you lose a guy at the NFL, you lose multiple all big sky guys, and uh, you don't miss a beat. You're rolling with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who aren't that big. Uh, but you're just running the ball down people's throats. I think it's a true credit to their creativity and all that. But uh, also they meet strength versus strength. They meet the best run defense in the conference on Saturday in Montana. Yeah, I mean, I have decided that assessing the Cat Grizz game, and it's fun to do, but it's just a fool's errand. <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, it. I mean, I, I get all the cliches, and I hate them as much as anybody about, you know, you throw the you know the, the records out the window when these two get together and all that. Okay, fine, but it, it truly is its own entity in a way that I'm not sure any other game that I've been around is. Yeah. And what is going to happen on Saturday, I think, has, has a lot less to do with scheme and personnel than it does with just attitude and and the swag that these two teams come in with. And if they match each other with that, then all of a sudden the scheme and the execution, that is the stuff that's going to ultimately win the day. But I, for the last, I don't know, seven years, None of that has mattered. Not once has it mattered. The team that was going to win the game was going to win from the first second of the game and just beat the brakes off the other side, (laughs) both directions. And that's just, I mean, that, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't see it. So I, uh, I am, I can't wait for this game, uh, obviously, but I also hesitate to go well you know this linebacker's got to do this this wide receiver's got to do this well if you know the the quarterback can execute this if Tommy Malak can get out and you know whatever okay but who's going to come in and just say no it's ours today that's the end and break the will of the other team because that has happened time and time again in recent history well and it, 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 I guess what you're getting at is that the team that dictates the style that the game is played and they make the style the style that they came into play that they played all year or that they wanted to play in this game, that's the, the seizing control is, is what you're talking yeah. about, right? I, I think that's a really good way to put it. I think it's the style, and I also think like this game is so emotional. Um, and who's able to channel that emotion the best? Because there's one thing, every every dude on the field is going to be going a hundred miles an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
you can go 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction or let it get the better of you or, you know, <laughs> right. overrun, a, overrun stuff and, did, and all that. Just like Bobby Halk always says, if you're running 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, you're just going the wrong direction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so now I do think, though, a lot of the way that this game has gone in recent history to me has been all and almost only about the head coach that's coaching in it. I mean, when it was Jeff Choate and he got that thing rolling against Bob Stitt, it was like, well, look, man, Jeff Choate's going to beat Bob Stitt. Like, that's the end of the story. Like, you can, he can take Hizen and beat Yorn, and he can take Yorn and beat Hizen. That's what I think about the matchup between Jeff Choate and Bob Stitt. You know what I mean? You could have switched teams, and whoever Choate was coaching, that's the team that's going to win that game. And then, as he was able to build that thing, Bobby Houck came back, and he didn't, frankly, have the horses to do it with Montana State the first time around. And I also think that Bobby Houck wasn't prepared for what Montana State had become under Jeff Choate, and they got humiliated, you know? And that happened again. Then Brent Vegan rolls in, and Vegan, I got, I just can't say enough i mean who who could say a, a sideways word about what he has done sure he inherited like a program that was at its peak but to continue that to graduate the class they graduated to be a nine and one team their one loss to you know very good oregon state team or the fbs unbelievable what he's done he had no idea <laughs> no. last year like none he was just he was just absolutely blindsided to me in terms of what this game is and so it again was all about that with that said if you were going to pick a year where all of a sudden those two storms could be very basically at sort of equal swale it might be this year because vegan does know at least somewhat what he's getting into now and and they're a very good football team again. So I think this could be a classic game in terms of a close game, and I hope that it is because as fun as it is every year, we haven't had a lot of close contests recently. It is true, and I, I do. I, I've said that on multiple different hits this week that I do think that the the result from last year I think plays twofold. I think it gives the Grizz an elevated sense of confidence going to Bozeman. Because, you know, quite frankly, in terms of the style Bobby Houck wants to play, last year's Cat-Grizz game was among the best that the Grizz have looked since Bobby returned. I mean, it was like Bobby's dream come true. They had like 150 yards of total offense and still scored 30 points (laughs) because they scored a touchdown on special teams. They had four field goals. They dominated the field position game, and they ripped the other team's head off, you know, giving them up like half a yard of carry, basically. And, and only, I mean, I think hey, they gave up 10 points in that game. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, they, And one of the touchdowns was, like, in the last minute, too, right? So Yeah, right, right. It's so, not a close game at all. No, at all. So I think that gives the Grizz confidence. But I also totally agree with you. I think that, honest, honestly, the fact that the one game that the Cats have been fundamentally unprepared for in the Brent Vegan era was the Cat-Grizz game, that ain't going to happen again. I mean, those guys were humiliated. The The, the offensive coordinator, Taylor Housewright, he was on a skewer from the fan base for two weeks, uh, just getting ripped apart on social media and message boards and all that. And Vegan made him sit up in front of the media and do a press conference Thanksgiving week. And he straight up sat up there and talked. And he was like, yeah, it was the most, uh, most game-changing moment of my career. I've never gotten my ass kicked like that. It's never, it's never going to be the same for me, and I'm going to have to adjust. Well, look at Montana State now. They've been 
so good on offense, so dynamic on offense. And uh, part of it, I think, is because of that result uh, last year. Let me, let me ask you this then. Montana's formula is very tried and true now since Coach Houck returned. You, you, you manifest some momentum, you seize the momentum, you carry the momentum. If you can do that, you just ramshackle teams. You just bl- run them straight off the field like they did to Portland State, like they've done to a variety of opponents. But when they, when they don't, when they can't seize the momentum and it gets into kind of a back and forth, they're so clunky that they end up either just having to pull one out at the very end and or more often than not lose close games. And, you know, Coach Alk has lost more games since he came back than I ever thought possible. I mean, shoot, he only lost 17 times in the first seven seasons he was here, and they've already probably equaled that amount of losses, if not a few more, since he's been back. So, uh, but then on the flip side of it, the, the Cats are so good at just being steady, navigating the the swings of momentum, the ups and downs, riding the roller coaster, and then figuring out the adjustments they need to make, locking it in, time a lot gets locked in, and they make plays down the stretch to win. And, you know, I mean, they're a field goal away from losing at Eastern Washington, a walk-off field goal away from losing to NAU, but they didn't lose any of those games, and they're 7-0. So what do you think of just sort of the, the uh, dichotomy of the, the, the ideal ways of winning for these two teams? What are you saying, culture, that these teams mirror their head coaches? <laughs> right, exactly. Weird. Uh, yeah, man, like, I am... Let, let me answer that question in part by posing a question myself. What's the best win that Montana has this year? Shoot, man. I'll tell you what I think it is. Portland State, probably? I, I think it's week two against South Dakota. Yeah, probably. You know? You got to go all the way back to there, and and maybe it is. I mean, Portland State. I mean, they crushed Portland State. I mean, if you take the Portland State game, and obviously the last two weeks, I think they've won five hundred to eleven. Those three games, all <laughs> I mean, they have just you know. So obviously, those are great wins in terms of their size, but all of those teams are terrible. Right, like Cal Poly. Eastern Washington, who is just the plane has flown all the way into the mountain. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Portland State doesn't even have a field. So, okay, you get those wins and you should and you pound those teams. But, like, if you talk about what, what feels like a somewhat quality opponent, especially early in the season, it's that South Dakota win. Other than that, I mean, they squeaked by Idaho State. Right. They won by one score against Idaho State. And then Obviously, they lose three in a row. Terrible loss to Idaho, you know, at home. And then going on the road, losing an overtime to Sacramento State and the close loss at Weber State. Those are two unbelievably good teams, like two top five teams. I get that. They're both on the road. But if you think that Montana is, you know, on a line for a national championship, or they, they can't they can't go zero and three on that stretch. You yeah, know? and I know that this has been covered, but my point is is when Montana gets on a roll, and you're right, you know I don't believe in momentum, but that's only week to week. Within the scope of a game, I'm a huge believer in momentum. How right. could you not be? And you are a hundred percent right that when the Grizzlies get it rolling in a game, it's downhill, baby. And that's why you see these, like, unbelievable scores, 57 nothing, 63-7, you know? Like, <laughs> like, I was at the Eastern Washington game. Man. It's not even fun. It's not even, it's not even fun. fun, I know. It's like, well, why, you know, well, okay? Like, 
Well, that's like it is, it is fun, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's for not, sure, it's not interesting. Oh no, for sure. Like when 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 they're up twenty eight nothing and they're just 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 destroying Eastern. I mean, literally dominating them at every position across the board for the whole game so far. Yes. And then Lucas Johnson rolls out and throws a little dime for a touchdown, but then gets rolled up on and turns his ankle. And you're like, well, dude, you know, on one hand, it's like, it's not even halftime, so you can't just pull your starters yet. But on the other hand, like, you are dominating them to such a fashion that you're like, well, why is this guy even still in the game? You're going to win 100 to nothing if he's in the game. Play the other guys. But regardless... Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. It, 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 yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy to watch because you're right. It's it's not fun, but they also can turn it like it, they can have a little back and forth and then turn it like against Portland State, right? Like you were on our college game day show and you were texting me while I was on my way to Cheney, and uh, at one point it was like fourteen fourteen in that game, and then all of a sudden the Grizz just rip your head off and they score you know thirty unanswered points before halftime, <laughs> a field goal right. back for a touchdown and a forced turnover and. Xavier Harris, 65-yard touchdown, and it's over and over and over. So, I don't know. It is it is interesting. I just wonder, though, because the Grizz do want to seize it and carry it, if that's a huge disadvantage for the Cats because the Cats are so good at navigating it all the way down to the end. But I don't know if you're allowed to do that in this game. Like you said, you got to kind of have to set the tone right out the gate. No, you, you have to set the tone. You have to. And it, I, I think the, the key is, is that both teams, you know, one way to put out a fire is to start another fire, right? And let them burn it out towards each other. If that could happen in the first first seven minutes, maybe even the first full quarter of this game, where they play each other evenly, whether it's 14-all, 17-14, or 0-0, if they both come in and are and there's a certain they, they get to a point where no one has a clear edge. Then all of a sudden, I think it becomes Montana State's game, regardless of what the style of the game looks like. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it, it is all about momentum in that moment. Um, and and I think there's a high possibility that that could happen. Certainly more probable in this game this year than in the last five, seven seasons, in, in my view. I think there's a lot of opportunity for this to be a close game. But, um, I mean... <sighs> Coulter, I. How much time do we have? We got about another hour. Or <laughs> we can go. Um, we can go ten more, ten fifty more minutes. Yeah, I mean, my my deal is as as I've watched Montana, is that some they Bobby Houck does the same. He runs the same show year in and year out, mm-hmm. right? He he has a, an absolute expectations. Uh, a, a way that we're going to play, not so much X's and O's, although that certainly is part of it. You know, their their defense that he brought from SDSU and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just talking about sort of the energy, the emotion, the flying to the football, the party on the pile, like all of that kind of stuff, the toughness, you know. And that is an absolute unmovable thing. And the irony is, 
is that that has played out as utter inconsistency on the football field. Yep. And the best teams go no no team goes in a perfectly linear, you know, upward arrow through a whole season. There's ups and downs. But you got to have essentially the ups and downs of a good year in the stock market where you're going to finish better than you started regardless of the path and the ups and downs can't be can't be bipolar you know what mm-hmm. i mean it can't be 10 and minus two it's got the ups got to be sevens and eights and the lows got to be threes and fours and you maintain that sort of evenness and this incremental and then occasionally maybe even larger than incremental improvement throughout the year i see montana starting the year absolutely on the top and fading because nothing seems to really change with right. them. Right. And I don't know I don't know why that is. I mean that's that it falls to the head coach and then the coaching staff to make that better over the course of the year. Now again, all of this that I'm saying now, I don't think it matters in the smallest little bit for Saturday. Right. Because it's its own universe in the Cat Grizz game. But I do think like players matter at the end of the day. Marcus Knight isn't there. Yeah. This kid was, scored the most touchdowns in the history of the team, gets injured, sticks around for like a year and a half to get better, to come all the way back to play one or two games and then transfer? Like, what is going on? And there's one thing about having a standard, but there's another thing about alienating people, you know? And I have no idea what happened with Marcus Knight. Nobody does, right? I mean, I don't think if you act Bobby Howe, the number that his quarterback was wearing, he'd tell you. Like, he's, he's never going to say a word about anything, but the proof is in the pudding. Like, you see it. Like, you can you can love Nick Osmo as much as you want to. If you don't have Marcus Knight, you're not as good, period. Like, that's just it. And, who what, you know, what's the status of Lucas Johnson? Do we know what, you know, if he's going to play at all? And if he is, what percentage is he going to be? These, now, that's not necessarily like I, I i understand what you're saying about having a big lead and pulling but it's the second quarter man I mean, sure, I, right. he's, he's totally. going to play. i don't think there's anybody who's ready to sit him down so it's one of those things that happens so i'm not putting that on anybody it's just it's part of the game but i think it's a problem and i do think that bobby how the only knock on him the first time that he was at montana was ultimately never won a national championship but he, they, Montana was the model, was the NDSU nearly. I mean, in terms of yeah. you know the, the winning percentage and the dominance and what they did year in and year out for his entire run. Then he comes back and he knows what Montana needs in a lot of ways. You know, he's uniquely qualified to be the head coach at the University of Montana as opposed to a place like UNLV or whatever it might be. Uh, because he's from here, he understands a lot of, of the culture, or at least, you know, did. And when he comes back and gets, you know, inherits Bob Stitt's team, he, he could see from 30 seconds in where the problems are and how to fix them and how to get back. And they did, RTD, and they, they largely have. But we are starting to see, to me, real flaws in the coaching and the program yep. in the mode that Bobby Houck has built it. Yep. You know what I mean? And beating beating down Eastern Washington 63-7 is all great and wonderful. 
losing back-to-back games on the road to the best teams in the nation when you, who are also in your conference, by the way, which I don't know that that was the case the last time around. I mean, you tell me if there was two top five teams that weren't Montana in the big sky, when, you know, in the, in the early 2000s. <laughs> there was not. No, sir. No. And so it's a different, it's a different world now. And all of a sudden, like, uh, uh, people, you know, it, you just aren't the best because you have the best facilities and because you're the University of Montana and, and, and you can just will your way to dominance over other teams. You can't. Right. You've got to be better. And uh, right now, they're very good, but they're not great. Right. And I'm not sure how they're going to get there. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Well, so then that's the last thing we'll talk about then, because everything you just said is so spot on, and I totally agree. Yet we have determined as a sporting public in Montana, for better or worse, and I actually think it's for way worse, that the number one singular factor that matters in evaluating the success of one of the two big college football programs in this state is do you beat the rival? I mean, we right. saw... We saw Rob Ash go 72-30-something, and 30 something, you know. I mean, he's the all-time leading winner in the history of Montana State. Won three straight Big Sky Conference championships. Went to the playoffs five times. 2-7 and seven against the Grizz. Fired. I mean, there's obviously more nuance to it than that. They were losing a lot of momentum. I mean, that, that 2015. Well, nine years, too. It wasn't like you sure, know, the next sure. day. But I, I sure, and, yeah. and the, 20, the 2015 team was deplorable on defense. And, and if you knew, if you were. Is, is, is that number is the thing the refrain it's like well we do all this but we can't beat montana so what are we doing right exactly right? And, i mean yeah. and you saw bob stitt lose to the grizzly or lose to the cats and boom gets uh fired and you see jeff choke beat the grizz four times in a row and boom i mean fuck build him a statue is what they think and it's what montana <laughs> state treats them like right and uh so though that's my last question for you then is for all of the analysis you just gave which i thought was so spot on how much rope can Bobby Howe give himself by beating Brent Vegan for the second year in a row? And conversely, how fair or unfair is it to evaluate Vegan based on this game? Because if, if, if Vegan wins this game, all of a sudden the narrative is, oh man, he knows how to beat everybody, including the Grizz now. Greatest coach in the world. If he loses this game, everybody will be like, we don't give a shit that we're 14-0 and against the rest of the Big Sky Conference. We're 0-2 against the Grizz. This guy can't coach in big games. What's his problem? So I just, uh, I'm so interested to see, because I do think that of all of the things that have a bunch riding on the line, I think the two things that have the most riding on the line in this game is the narrative surrounding the two head coaches. Well, I'll say this. I think the narrative surrounding Bobby Houck is much more tenuous than it is for Brent Vegan at this moment. Uh, If... If the Grizzlies lose this game, there's a real chance they don't go to the postseason. Totally. And that would be Bobby Howe, correct me if I'm wrong, one in three against Montana State since he's been back. Uh, and it will also be a loss to every good team that you had on your schedule in your own conference. And 
all of a sudden, I think people like sit back and go, well, okay, this isn't how this was supposed to look. And, and, and it will be accentuated tenfold because it, it, it comes with a loss to Montana state. Um, if Montana wins this game, goes to the postseason, then it, it, everything else, nothing else matters. Like it's all, it's all water. Under. Who cares that we lost to Weaver State or we lost second? Right. We'll, you know, let's line up. Let's see what our, let's see what our path is in the postseason. And, and that's that's what I'm saying. Though is this game can erase everything, right? Like Bobby, Coach Houck's, uh just complete uh, mishandling of number 37 during fall camp, right? Like, right. What I'm saying is like. It, it, all of the stuff that has been a disappointment and been uh, a, a mismanagement this season, it all goes away if the Grizz win, and it's all 100% maximized and accentuated if they lose. No, no question. And But here's the thing. I do think if Montana was to win this game and then lose in the first round of the playoffs, mm. I, I, I still think there'd be a lot of, like, uh, sort of reassessment like what are we doing here going on in Missoula you know like uh, I, I don't think I, winning you know beating the cast twice is great and wonderful but that I mean that for Montana fans that's just sort of like the bar right yeah you, you like beating Montana State is obviously the number one thing that you want to do if you're a Grizz vice versa but also like going you know going 0-1 in the postseason, playing on the first weekend because you didn't have a bye because you lost three games in the regular season, that's not going to cut it either, you know? So it, I, I think that winning this game and going on a run of some sort in the postseason is is important to maintaining that I got this thing under control, I know what I'm doing, we're rolling for Bobby Howe. Now, I know Cat fans are sick of me talking about Montana and through the legs of the Grizzlies, <laughs> so let me switch over to Montana State. Even within the context of what you said, interestingly enough, I think that this game, while it always has the most import for the coach, has as little import for Coach Vegan as just about any Montana Montana State game in in recent history, except for maybe the last one or two for Jeff Choate, even though he ended up winning them anyways. But I'm talking about going into it where you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Uh, I know that Obviously, Montana State lost to the Grizzlies last year, but they went to the national championship game. They are nine and one this year. They're nine and zero in the FCS. Vegan, I mean, I give Leon Costello all the tip of the cap in the world for this hire. You know, I mean, I don't know who you know all the candidates were and all of that, but I sit here and I look two years. I mean, you, I, I don't know anyone who didn't expect a significant fall off of some sort. How could you be better than what, you know, was built with, with Jeff Choate? Well, Vegan has taken that and they've gotten, they have gotten, I don't know if they, I want to say they've gotten better necessarily on the field because they had such an elite team last year, but they have not dropped off at all. And if anything had even better results, ultimately when you talk about wins and losses. And so, and they are in. I mean, they're not only in the postseason. They're getting a bye regardless of outcome of this football game, seems to me. And their focus is, after this Saturday is going to be on the postseason. And so I think that Coach Vegan is in a very good spot. Now, that said, uh, 
Yes. He also needs to understand, and I'm sure he does at this point, what this game means, and to, to your point, for better or for worse, right? Like, why, why does, you know, why does nothing else matter but this thing? And on one level, it's really fun, and on another level, it's it's sort of insane. But he's got to be ready to go, and I think Montana State certainly needs to have a good showing. If you want my absolute honest opinion, I'm leaning towards the Cats winning this football game. Uh, I think they will get it done. But if they don't, here's what can't happen, I think, really, for Coach Vegan, is a blowout. And when we talk yeah. about momentum, if the Chris get that thing going, it can become that. It really can. And they're, they're obviously rolling right now with the last two weeks and all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't expect a blowout. I, I expect a really close game, as I said. But nothing is impossible in this game. Montana State could win 60-3. to Montana could win 60-3, to or it could be a three-overtime game. Like, nothing is impossible in the, in this game, and that's the beauty of it. But for, for Coach Vegan, I think he's very secure. But if you get blown out in this game, everything comes with an asterisk, no matter how great you do otherwise. And that right. is, too, I mean, it's too bad in a certain sense. If it comes down to the wire and, you know, maybe there's a questionable call or something like that, and all of a sudden Montana State is on the wrong end of it, you know, that, I think that is, you know, I don't know how to say it. It's not acceptable. I don't even think it's palatable. But, like, it doesn't reflect on Coach Vegan nearly as much, I guess, is the point. Right. Well, it uh, is a lot to be determined, and uh, we can't wait for it. Ryan Tutel here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Great analysis, man. Always love your insight, and uh, you're still as good as you ever were, man. So thanks for being here. You know, I've been storing up all of this. It took me two years to prepare this 30 minutes right here, and so, you know, now I'm spent. So I'm going to take a nap. And uh, and we'll come back to it after that. But yeah, dude, great to be on with you, and uh, so good to be back in the state of Montana. Can't wait for Saturday. We will have some stuff on Saturday too. Might have to put you to work for another twenty minutes post game, but uh, we'll have plenty. I'm ready to rock and roll. I just want a gift card to a restaurant. That's let's, all I want. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> SkylineSportsMT.com. Big Sky Breakdown. Ryan Tutel joining us, and uh, we'll have more after this. Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts? who have lived in your community their entire lives at Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old school journalism with a new age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day for $8 a month or 90 bucks a year get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com Skyline Sports, every day, every season Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. Town. 